Good morning. Today is Tuesday, June 15th, 2021. I'm your host, Evan George, and welcome to Bostopian News. And here's what's happening in the news today. After 462 days, Massachusetts is no longer in a state of emergency from the COVID-19 pandemic. And while Charlie Baker announced this deadline weeks and weeks ago, our state lawmakers did what they did best, which is nothing. They waited until the last minute to try to make decisions on a number of COVID-19 era policies, such as the laws involving remote public meetings, to-go alcohol sales, even some eviction protections. And by failing to act, many of these ordinances have now expired. And some businesses and families are left in limbo, not knowing what laws apply and which ones don't. The Massachusetts State House is notorious for waiting until the last minute to do anything. And perhaps part of the reason is newly elected House Speaker Ron Mariano was hospitalized on a recent vacation to Florida, where he received a pacemaker. And while I hope he recovers, maybe we need to look towards the next generation rather than allowing our government to be run by people in their 70s and 80s. Four protesters are suing the Boston police after alleged use of excessive force during the George Floyd protests in 2020. According to the complaint, one of the plaintiffs was recording the demonstration with his phone when an officer pepper sprayed him for, quote, no reason. He was blindsided and knocked off his moped as he tried to leave the area shortly after 10 p.m. Officer Burke held his wooden riot baton in front of him with both hands and struck the plaintiff, knocking him off his moped. And this was all caught on video. Many of these instances of radical police violence and beatings of innocent protesters were well documented, including one clip where a police officer begins bragging and laughing about hitting innocent protesters with his vehicle. The article frames these attacks after first blaming the protesters for use of violence in what journalists who were on the scene during the time said is a complete fictional retelling of what occurred and that it was actually the Boston police that began and escalated the violence. I was on the scene myself, and while not omniscient, most certainly saw the police use escalated violence against the crowd, and then when the crowd responded by throwing water bottles at them, did the real beatings begin. So I will be following this case closely and update you as it goes. Andrea Campbell is leading the pack in terms of pack money, as written by Sean Philip Carter of the Herald. The first independent expenditure political action committee called Better Boston released a series of ads, and, and I actually got to catch two of them on YouTube. So far, all the pack has listed doing is dropping over $93,000 on ads on June 7th. More has been revealed about who the top donors are, with Netflix CEO Reed Hastings, Nani Burns of the Barr Foundation, Harvard Lecturer, Stig Leshley, and an investor, Andrew Balson. And New England's President John Kraft kicked in $25,000 for PACs are often used as a way to circumvent election laws, which limit the amount that an individual can contribute. Generally, I believe... It's $1,000 per candidate per year. And while Andrea is struggling quite a bit in the polls, she is in the top two where it comes to fundraising money. 
and it'll be very interesting to see the impact of one a massive war chest and two a wealthy group of millionaires running their own path will have on the race. Also, the two ads I saw primarily focused on Andrea's willingness to stand up to the Boston Police Department, which I enjoyed and found fascinating. City officials in Boston plan to have a task force this summer which reviews Boston's pilot program, pilot as an acronym for payment in lieu of taxation. There are dozens of major educational, medical, and cultural nonprofits that do not have to pay city taxes because of their tax status and instead negotiate with the city a voluntary payment system, which I'm sure you can probably already tell is massively flawed. They never pay it anyway, and really their tax status is just a way of hiding money. Further review of what they count as payment to the city when they do pay is generally not even cash, but instead what they describe as community benefits, like discounted fares for events, scholarships to local students, or donated office space. Now, as I said before, because of their tax status, universities like Harvard, which have a over $40 billion endowment, are able to skip out on city taxes besides how much they use city resources. There are things that we can do, such as denying any expansion, any building construction that they have their eye on. Ultimately, we need to have these universities, have these gigantic hospitals pay their fair share into the city that, whose resources they are dependent upon. And that's going to do it for today's episode. As always, continue to support the show by like, subscribe, scroll down, five stars. Share my TikToks and clips on your social media. That'd be a big help. I'll be going live tonight at 9 p.m. Besides that, take care. Have a great rest of your day.